The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. The road, it turns red with all the bloodshed. This life we live is a path upon a storm now. The waves crash the coast. We're in the souls of our minds. Abuse and neglect pave the way for me now. I walk this road alone. Yeah, people come and people go. Hard times, they always show. But I'm strong, I just move on. Walk on down the road. The past gets left behind. Yeah, bridges burning slowly die. I try to survive, but no one leaves this road alive. Walk on down the road. Brought to you by WKTV. I'm your Ghost Hunters host, Wayne Preston Curtis Thomas. Welcome to another episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. As always, we ask that you please Keep an open mind about things that you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. As always, joining me is my co-host. Brandon Jose of Jose Paranormal History Productions uh, YouTube channel. Is that that all you're into now, Brandon? Yeah, I'm also a member of Graphs, but we haven't been doing a whole lot. (laughs) We think it's like one investigation this summer. Yeah, he joined Graphs. That's one of the major paranormal teams in our area. Well-respected team. And joining us on this show is one of my favorite guests. It's always a good time when Ben's in town. Yes. Ben Goldman. Yes, it's great to be back. And uh, back in the studio last time with Zoom wasn't the same. Good to see you guys again. Yeah, yeah, it's never the same, really. Zoom. I love that sweatshirt. Afterlife Road. Yeah, it's one of a kind. I only made one, so that eventually I can sell it for a lot of money. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. I was, I was going to see if I could get one of those. Yeah, it's a I mean, nice hoodie. You're like I said. Once the tenth person asks, I'll, oh, I'll start okay. selling it. And I think you were number ten, so I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out to yeah, start, they're cool. start making merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you design that? Um, yeah, it's just a logo. Um, if, if I end up selling it or, or something, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably do something a bit fancier, something cooler. Um, but yeah, yeah. Now, Ben Goldman, Afterlife Road Productions? Yeah, yes. You kind of changed that up a little? Yeah, I just tacked uh, Productions onto the end of it, uh, because, uh, you know, throughout college, we did, you know, one type of video, and now we're sort of expanding, uh, now that we're out of college, and different types of videos, different types of stuff. I uh, got podcasts of my own now, so sort of to un, uh, as, as like an umbrella term to encompass all of these things, um, just added productions to the end of it. So. And then uh, you're a recent recent graduate of Michigan State University. Yeah, I think uh, la- last year. So like I think right after the last time I was on on your show, because I think it has been a been a year. So between the last two, yeah. So you were MSU Paranormal Society. Yeah, yeah. So that's how we all met, and. Um, we all met. So the MSU Paranormal uh, Society is actually quite large, uh, one of the largest in, in the Midwest for sure. Uh, so we all met there and then sort of branched out and started Afterlife Road, uh, well, now Productions, but Afterlife Road Paranormal then turned into Productions. So it's just the core friends that we all we all met there in the club and we want to do something, you know, a bit different. You know, the club is very structured, very, you know, we go on uh, one investigation a semester, we wanted to go on one every week, so we started our own our own little subset of the club. Um, obviously, we're not in the club anymore; it's a student club, uh, but still very close. Like uh, I know the current co-presidents are doing a great job, so the club keeps growing and growing. And uh, you know, maybe there will be another another Atlas Road Productions uh, that comes out of the club one day. So yeah, they need another yeah. go getter like you. I know, I know. They they really do. Yeah. They really do. So you do a YouTube series. Is that still uh, you doing that? Yeah. So uh, throughout college, we, uh, like I said, we wanted to go on an investigation every week. So every week we would go out and we would film a little video um, and created the Haunted Michigan web series where we uh, essentially went across Michigan. I mean, we never went to the UP, but 
pretty much hit every other corner of the state. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, uh, now I'm more interested, once we graduated, I'm more interested in, like, quality over quantity. So more focused on, you know, some longer-term videos, um, not quite within the vein of just we go out to a place, film something for a few hours, and the next morning a video is up. So focus on, you know, things like the short film I just put out, uh, focus on things that I'm working on a couple other projects. So even if it's not quite the web series, it's still, I think, better content than ever and uh, definitely more informative. Yeah, I know. You you did a movie, though. This is really what we want to talk about yeah. quite a bit. Now, it's, uh, it's ironic because when you read the intro back to me, which... I, I think you were the first person to ever transcribe or a little afterlife wrote intro. Uh, I just saw my cousin last week. I could have asked her. She's the one that did the song. But um, the song by the yes, coroners. Yes, yes. And uh, when you when you read it, it's ironic because one of the lines of the song is "I walk this road alone," but the whole I think message of of, of the movie, the short film, was like who we are and like you know us going through this together. You know the, the core friends, like I mentioned in the club how we went through this crazy experience together and we came out in one piece and that was sort of like victorious that we survived yeah uh together so it's, it was it's, and i watched it. it was about a 30 minute film yeah and you brought back some of your buddies ryan and sarah yep well sarah's the lead investigator of our group so she's she's uh i think if you don't count me she's been on the most investigations so okay. so she's always there uh, but yeah, Ryan had a cameo in it, so good to have Ryan back uh, in, in, in the crew, uh, in the video. Uh, it's always fun with that guy. Yeah, we even we even showed up in your film for a brief yes. second. Yes, I think the, the line was, um, three years have passed and our, our friend group and our network has grown. So friend group has grown. I showed a shot of one of our newer members, Quinn, and our network has grown. Who, who are some of my favorite people we've met along the way? So I had to show you guys, of course. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. I'd yeah. say uh, you're one of my favorite guests because this has been, every once in a while you get a chuckle on this show and you've provided more chuckles than anybody. The stories that you tell, yes. that you've told through the years about <laughs> the spirit mappers, you just run oh, yeah. into stuff that's just funny. Yes, and that's that's a shame. Like I always look back, the spirit mappers, like, that happened all off camera. Like that's one of those things I wish someone had documentation of because it's just too, too crazy and out there for even me to believe. Like that was, that was like one of our first ever investigations. Why do we continue? Any sane person after that happens, they they would just. I mean, not only was that our, one of our first investigations, I think that was literally the first one we did off campus. Okay. So, because I remember it was a struggle to, to drive somewhere. We we were always doing all these campus investigations and once we actually wanted to get off campus we needed a ride and the person who had a car they weren't able to make it so we had to get an uber so the first time we ubered somewhere this happens so it's just crazy it's crazy looking back all the crazy things that happen off camera that maybe one day i'll I'll think of like writing it all down maybe a little something i don't know Well, the movie helps yeah it does it does but the the spirit mapper you get this uber and you want him to take you to a cemetery mm-hmm. which he does and then you get there instead of he locks the doors mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck? yes because it, you know on uber i don't know who out there like knows how it works but when you get an uber the, the uber driver has a little phone or tablet and it pops up all the people and where they want to go so you get to choose to take them or leave them this guy saw where we were going and picked us up on purpose because he is a spirit mapper or Uber driver, and he knew that this place had demons. You know, he, he I guess, and his church buddies drove around when they weren't Ubering, drove around the state of Michigan, mapping the most demonic places around. And the place we wanted to go to was on his list. So he wanted to pick us up to pray for us before we go and to try to steer us away from a place across the street, which was even more demonically yeah. infested. And he kept telling us, don't go to Pregoras Park. And I'm like, what, how do you spell yeah, that? Yeah, right. I like, still, like, like, how, how, like yeah. who, who, how do you not go to that? Like, I wanted to. So after um, after he locked the doors and prayed for us, he gave me his uh, business card. And he's like, 
He, uh, don't take an Uber home. Yeah. Just call me directly. I won't charge you. I just want to make sure you get home safe. I needed another prayer for us. We ended up getting tacos with him a week later. Then we snuck over to that um, park he told us not to go oh, to. Right. So it was quite an experience. And, uh, you know, we... For your first investigation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think there were a couple between this other park because we didn't want him to get suspicious because he was kind of an intimidating, strange guy. And he yeah. had our numbers and he was getting tacos with us, like, he said, like I said. So... There was a few between, but our first investigation was the one he prayed for us. And a few later, like number eight or nine, we went to that park. And then he died in his obituary, said, um, spirit mapper, also known as Uber driver. Oh, yeah. Most people would be the other way around, like Uber driver and spirit mapper. Right. He was like spirit mapper. Oh, he was also an Uber driver. So. Yeah, that is a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon and I have had some experiences, but I don't know if anything compares to that. But your film, your 30-minute film is called Afterlife. Yes. Brandon, you saw it. Now, what do you think? You got some questions for Ben? Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah. I mean, if you said it was terrible, the door was right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really liked it because it was really interesting. Um, I think maybe the start is the uh, the place you were investigating, kind of yeah. what the backstory was of it that kind of led you to to go there in the first place. Yeah, so I think what's interesting about this place Rose is... Rosevere Park? Rosevere Park, that's right. It's in Owasso. Owasso, here in Michigan. Here that's, in Michigan. Is that was near the Michigan State University? Uh, it's about 25 miles away. Okay. So um, it was local. So we, when it, we were actually going to go investigate a different place um, just a few miles away. And the place fell through. It was an indoor location, and it fell through. Um, literally when we were already in town. Because, you know, we oftentimes like to get there a little bit early, maybe have dinner in the area so we're not in a rush. Um, I think you guys know, like, the first time uh, I was on the show with you guys, like, the, there's bad traffic, and we're like, after that, like, don't want to be rushing again. Right. So so um, we were just in town, and they canceled on us, like, an hour before. Uh, we never actually ended up investigating there because I was kind of rude on their part. But <laughs> um, then we just looked up. You know, we were, we were undeterred. We wanted to find a place. So Ryan just had me. I was in the back seat. He said, hey, take out your phone and just Google, like, haunted places near me. And this place, Rosemary Park, popped up. And, you know, these sites, you can click on it. And they have a little blurb about the lore and everything. Didn't even do that. We just saw it was a park. And we're like, okay, it's a park. It's outdoors. It's not gated, probably. If it is, we'll just drive by and not go. But it's who can stop us from doing a quick investigation at a public park so i just copied the address didn't look at any of the info at all and then we just showed up within five minutes of getting out of the car we ended up running back and leaving uh and we never even investigated because the park is uh uh it, it was a big uh, prominent park in in town back in the 60s and 70s but then uh like a lot of small towns i guess they just kept building more and more parks so then once they had six the city said we need to pick one to stop funding so they this park rosevere uh just stopped getting city funding and just kind of you know they had a big gazebo they had these great you know uh uh creeks with all these like rocks lining and everything all Did that they have just, a bike trail uh so yeah it went it when it, when the city stopped funding it all these things sort of got uh taken down or just vandalized to the point they had to remove them and then in recent years some locals wanted to try just independently bringing it back so they made some dmx bikes you know just little humps you know to because a lot of motorcycles go through and that's something that wasn't really explicitly mentioned in the film but that contributes to the hauntings because a few motorcyclists died in the park and then i was talking to someone who had property they were really upset these motorcyclists came in and this peaceful park that no one went out to now is really noisy. So they would actually mess with these motorcyclists by getting tripwire so that they would go oh, and trip. And then that actually caused at least two people to die. Wow. So And then Jack Vincent was ran over and stabbed to death. Yes. So in the entrance of the park, after it was already shuttered, and uh, in the mid-70s, once they stopped getting the city funding, um, it, this guy uh, 
came back from a, a bar in town, and I guess there was some love triangle right. situation, yeah. and then he uh, ended up getting ran over and killed. And I actually, um, for a while, we couldn't find uh, any evidence of this happening besides court records. So, you know, the, the court, you know, everything. But I was like, there's got to be more info. Like, who is this guy? Which looked like I didn't realize, you know, me growing up in today's society, when something like that happens, it's on the news within an hour. Back then, if it happened, like, on a Sunday, you got to look, like, at least two days after in the news. Like, they obviously reported on it, but it's, there's a delay. Right. So I didn't think to look in the old newspapers. I always looked the day off or the day after. It was reported two days after. So I ended up finding and got permission to include some of the images in, in the film. Uh, seeing the images of the crime scene, you know, uh, that, that, that was that was crazy. Because I was so late in the, the production of the film that all these crazy stuff happened to us. And then seeing the actual proof of, oh, I was standing right there, and that's where he got killed. Like that was, that yeah, was crazy. that's got to be a residual, yes, feeling left behind. Yeah, and I also wanted to add something that's quite subtle in the film, but um, I included this in there at the end, but I felt it was too on the nose, and I, I, because it's always so, I don't know. It, when it, when you have at the end of a film like a huge moment where like and did you realize that this is blah blah and this huge like revelation it can either be really cringy and like okay or it can be really shocking so I, I didn't want to veer into the cringy territory so I just made it really subtle but there are only two dates in the entire film you know usually when I say like oh this happened here or there I just say like 2018 or 2022 or just the year but only twice did I break that formula and put an exact date the two dates i put were the day of the murder that you just mentioned and then the day we found the bones at the end yeah you found bones yeah. and some blue jeans yes those two <laughs> dates you weren't sure what kind of bones no. they were nope 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 we went back and we were just getting some pickup shots of the documentary and when we went we found a blanket uh with little like birds on it like a baby blanket. Oh, yeah. That was wrapped around a pair of blue jeans that had a bunch of matter on it. And when he pulled it out, a bone fell out, and we found all these other bones around the area. Some of them were very large that could have been human or deer. So we ended up calling the police, and that's how it ended. But the two dates, the day we found the bones and the day of the murder, same day. Wow. 47 years to the date that this guy was murdered and the park became a crime scene, we find bones and it becomes a crime scene again. Brandon, we never found any bones. No. My grandfather <laughs> dug up bones when he was a yeah. ghost hunter, and then, but they were bones of people, and then they buried them, and then the ghost was at rest. Yeah. But uh, you found those bones, and they still, you don't know whether... They're human or not. No, but still unresolved. Turn them over yep. to the police. Yep, yep. And uh, it was it was funny because uh, we were sitting there and uh, we were just getting some pickup shots and it was already dark. We didn't want to be there dark, but once once the sun went down, we were kind of there. We were like, ah, let's maybe do a quick thing. We didn't have any cameras or equipment. Um, Devin had her spirit board uh, and we were getting some shots with it there. Uh, it was more so... A prop we didn't have the pendulum or anything with us um and then so we sat and sarah and devin wanted to meditate and while meditating they're like can you manifest a guide you know like someone to show us around and then a cat just appears out of nowhere and then this cat just keeps purring and taking us to the spot where the bones are so this little cat uh that had a little black and white pattern here that looked kind of like a tuxedo so we called him tuxie yeah you had the cat in the field yeah yeah that was uh when i sent the draft to sarah her one critique was not enough cat so i did more tuxie cat so um when the police ended up coming at first he was really nervous about going in the woods because he knows the legends and the lore and he was a animal bit, sacrifices yes and he was a bit um nervous about going in uh but i i could sense it was a mixture of like either it was a prank or it was real, and if it was real, he didn't want any, any part of it. So when he finally went up and saw the bones, he started to panic. 
And then he looked over and Devin didn't pack up her uh, spirit board. We just ran out, you know, to be on the road to greet the police. And the cat, Tuxie Cat, found it and was just sitting perfectly in it. So Sitting on the Ouija board? Yeah, sitting straight there on the board. So <laughs> then the cop looks over and he shrieks and he's like, get your spiritual ass away from me to the cat. He was like flipping out. Oh, no. And then uh, we kind of discreetly just packed it up because uh, once he saw that Ouija board, his tone changed on a dime. And then the cat, we, we never saw the cat again. But the area has a reputation of yes, animal, animal sacri- sacrifices. Yep. Confirmed by, I spoke with a former police officer at the time. And it was confirmed by him. I spoke with locals who grew up uh, in, in the 80s when all this stuff is said to happen. And uh, they testified as well. They found um, a lot of small animals like squirrels, uh, rabbits, raccoons. One person said a pig's head just showed up in their backyard. Uh, I didn't get confirmation of that, so I didn't include that, but seemed to be no larger than a pig. So, You did some interviews. You interviewed mm-hmm. a family that had some experiences mm-hmm. in Rosebeer Park. Yeah, that was interesting because um, the family, I was, I was in contact. I reached out to a bunch of people on Facebook. A lot of them had stories, but they didn't want to share it on camera. So one, one family, I was like, I don't, I don't care about them being on camera or not. I just want the information at the end of the day. Um, as you saw in the film, like a couple people, I didn't show their identity. I just got their voice. I don't care. Like I, that stuff doesn't matter to me. As long as they, the information is there, I can work with it. Yeah. So I told them like, Hey, uh, originally it was just this one lady. I was like, you don't need to be on camera. Like if it's audio only, she was okay. Just being audio only. Um, so she's like, actually can we push it back next week to Easter Sunday? All my family will be there and they have experiences and stories to share as well. So I'm like, I don't want to intrude on your Easter you know, dinner. She's like, no, 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 you're not intruding at all. Uh, we really want to get this off our chest. So I showed up to this family's house on Easter Sunday, right before their Easter meal. Yeah. And they stopped their, you know, celebration to come in the basement and tell me all these messed up stories about Roseburg Park and it was just the, the strangest thing ever it's like clearly they weren't making this up you could tell like it clearly affected them if they're taking time out of their Easter just to share with this strange kid all of these <laughs> Roseburg Park stories like they, and, and they lined up perfectly to what we yeah there was we had parallels happened. between what so many parallels you yes and that's where it was in that moment of, of, of the film or of the process of making the film that I was just like, okay, there's something here. Right. Yeah. So too and many coincidences. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's people don't believe in coincidences that are in our field. Yeah. Yes. When does it become a coincidence and when is it something more? And this, this was something more. They're what I would call significant coincidence. The yes. shots you heard like sound like a gunshot. Yes. And they also heard yes. what sounded like a gunshot. Yes. And these are all experiences, too, that, like, we're just making this, you know, documentary. It's not like you can find our experiences online or anything. Like, yeah, we did film a video there a few years ago, but it's since been, you know, made private since making the doc. And a lot of the experiences that we had off camera lined up perfectly. Um, it was just, it, how, like, how could they know that stuff? It It was crazy. It reminded me of the old films that I had seen from you where you're running, yeah. screaming, dropping the camera. and you, But you spoke of, in Rosevere, you spoke of demons and terror is how you described it in the film. So you say you're, you're skeptical of ghosts, but what about demons? Are you skeptical well, when of we, evil? When we went back, well, that's the thing about this park is... Ghosts or not, which is, it's hard to be skeptical of spiritual stuff there. But even if you are skeptical, there's no denying like this place just attracts negativity. And it's just like if you if you take a deep dive in the lore and the history, which isn't publicly available, like it took a year just to uncover uh, what we uncovered. And a lot of it didn't even make it in the film. But, you know, just the gist of it definitely did. But as you can see in the short film and. Uh, doing your own digging like there's just negativity upon negativity upon negativity the amount of murderers and serial killers that are said to have been obsessed with this place before they became murderers or serial killers 
Like, yeah. this place just attracts negativity for whatever reason. It almost goes back to those those demon mappers, those spirit mappers. It's like, this area might be just a, an area that has maybe been cursed. Something yeah. like that. There's just evil dwells there. There's a couple things stood out. Is that loud growl that you heard. You can hear that in the film. Yeah. The EVP of a loud growl. Mm-hmm. Now, Brandon and I have heard something similar at a private case where every there was four or five of us in a small room, and every one of us thought we heard right in our ear. It was just a, a breath, but it was like right inside our ears. Well, yeah, for me, it was more because we were like sitting around a bed, and it sounded like it was coming from the center of the bed. And like there's nothing there that really, to try to debunk it, we couldn't figure it out. So if we're coming from like a vent or something, okay, there's a noise coming from here. Maybe it's traveling through the vent. But this sounded like it was in the center of us in the bed. Yeah. There wasn't anything there. We're like, I don't really know what it would be coming from because we're all pointing at the sounds coming from the middle of the bed. Yeah, we all heard it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that stands out there for me in your film. And also the EVP that you recorded that said, help me. Mm-hmm. Now, you say you're skeptical. You, I mean, you, you must see to believe, but maybe you must believe to see. Yeah, I mean, that goes that goes back to something that, you know, the, the thing that stands out to me in the film, and this is something that's kind of subtly, you know, something people, when they watch, they're subtly aware of, and then when I mention it, they're like, oh, shoot, you're right. There's no ghost hunting at all in this. No ghost hunting. There's no clips of us investigating. We don't take out a single piece of equipment. Yeah, I like not, that. Not, not once did we say, like, hey, if you're in the woods, can you give us a sign? Right. None of that. We don't acknowledge any of it. This is just stuff that happened around us. Literally, if you take out all of the, like, paranormal stuff, all the context, and just show the parts where we're, you know, there at the park, it's just us walking in the woods. Then you add all the other stuff in, and it's all just, like, we're walking in the woods, there's singing coming from in the woods yeah there's it was, there, it was there's, weird singing yeah there's operatic yeah stuff yeah and we're not singing and then there's these voices on one camera saying help me and that's not on the other camera and then there's uh another woman's voice later on you know and then uh uh yeah i think the only moment where we even acknowledge it is like ryan's like oh i just think i heard something let's go back somewhere where there's it's more open area so but even then we're not like Oh, was that you? Can you give us a stronger... No, there's right. no ghost hunting. So this could have been anyone. You don't need to be a ghost hunter to go there and have stuff happen. All you have to do is show up. And yeah, the first been... one, that's all you did was kind of show literally, up. Literally, all we did. And you're walking there, and then all of a sudden literally, you all ran off. Literally. Yeah. And then when we go back, like the only difference is we walked further. Yeah. Um. I mean, we did do a lot of investigating, and we did take out Spirit Box. We got some crazy Spirit Box voices saying, I know it's evil. But I didn't feel it was necessary to put any of that in there. It just us just walking, you know, all this crazy stuff happened, which then you think, okay, because when you take out equipment and you take out that sort of stuff, it's like, all right, how do we know this is a ghost? It's just like an EMF beeping. Is that a ghost? No. Is Could it combined with all the other stuff be signs of something abnormal happening? Yes. But on its own, that's not like a ghost if a ghost walks up to you and then the emf goes off like sure that helps validate but it's not ever just to me at least a sign of a ghost being there. right so we strip away all these tools all this technology that sort of filters the the activity through it uh it's very rare that we have stuff happen um without it and and here it's just every time i was curious if you had any equipment yeah. any sort of tools any phone apps that when you got that EVP help me, mm-hmm. I was I was curious, but you had nothing. Yeah, it I just mean, came we, out of the thin air. Yeah, nope, nothing, nothing. It's a and good was, one. It's creepy. Yeah, and yep. it's pretty. I mean, I could tell what it was. Of course, I had a little help because you know you kind of said you thought that you printed it out. Yeah, yeah, I, I printed it out. It but still, film. like you know, it was clear enough for me. If, right. If you were closing your eyes, if you blinked at that moment, you still would have heard it. Yeah, that probably was Class A EVP, where everybody yeah. would just said, "Yeah, they heard the same thing." Help me. So for you, seeing is believing, is hearing, 
believing? Um, I mean, then we um, we just posted a uh, Haunted Michigan web series video a couple weeks ago. It's it, Something I cut out of the film was that the same woods that surround the park also surround a cemetery a couple miles away in town. So we investigated the cemetery after the film was already done. So it was the cemetery wasn't really a part of the story. It just so happened to be surrounded by the same woods. It had no correlation with the park itself. But once the film was done, we were like, eh, what gives? Let's go to the cemetery and just investigate. What if whatever's in the, the park uses the woods to travel to the cemetery? Plus it's a cemetery, like already, like, if you want to find where, you know, uh, ghosts might be, it's where the dead bodies are. So, like, hospitals, cemeteries, like, ghosts are probably there anyways. So, we went out to the cemetery, and a lot of the same things happened. Uh, equipment malfunctions, we heard a growl, we saw um, a shadow, and then I got scratched down my left shoulder. Uh, so, you know, taking everything into account of this place and all the places around this place, everywhere these woods touch, it's you hear crazy things. You you get scratched, you get physically marked. All right, scratches, yeah. that was in the That's another, film. Like, and people you know and trust getting you know, thrown to the ground. Um, two people, you know, and trust seeing the same face, drawing the same face. Yeah. You know, when they said, oh, I saw something, I was like, all right, sh- sh- separate, draw it, and then we'll compare. Because I know that both of them can, I mean, sa- sa- not Sarah's. Sarah's pretty logical and grounded in in, in reality and in, in science and and this was the first time she ever had an experience she couldn't rationalize and explain. So that was significant, seeing her try to try to make sense of it. But Ryan, maybe, uh, every now and then, can let his imagination run wild. So I, I, And he's not a good drawer, either. So I, I had them separate and draw. But Ryan, A, drew better than I've ever seen him draw. And Sarah, who's won a, multiple awards for her, Art, you know, she's an artist. She simplified her drawing to show just big gaping holes as eyes, a big gaping mouth. You know, just for me, someone who's won awards for how detailed and, and accurate her medical artwork is, to then just minimize it and show only the, the necessary details. And Ryan to add all these details of all the wrinkles and, and little plates, like, they they drew the same face and that was crazy to me. Yeah. See yeah. to me to me it reminded me of like the man in the moon. It yeah. doesn't really look like a human face. It looks more like the man in the moon. You got like the eyes and the mouth. So that's kind of what that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Things happen times two. That's what makes this believable and adds credibility to it cuz you had the times two, the gunshots heard times two, the two people that drew out the faces. Um, and you had two members that quit the team after this was over there. said, so we had enough of this. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that, that, there was like, that was significant. It was times two. It wasn't just happening once. It was happening, repeating. Yeah. Makes yep. it very believable. Yeah. yeah. And then even when I was interviewing the family and she was like, oh, my friend, you know, who's obsessed with this place, he became a serial killer. Another family member chimed in and said, "Oh, my friend who's obsessed with the place became a murderer." Oh, geez, yeah. You know, so it's like everything was times two. Right. Was... Then there was this upside down cross that was on a tree there. Well, that's the tree that um, you know we got all these shots of this tree just because that it's a good visual. That's the tree that under that tree that he got murdered. So. Okay. Yeah, because that used to be the parking lot of the park. Okay. And now it's overgrown; you can't park there. But that's where he got murdered. And Under then, the 666 tree. It looked like there was blood on the trees, didn't it? What was that red? Um, I don't know. We did. Maybe it was residual. We did go out with uh, this biodegradable, you know, fake blood to get some shots of the blood uh, in the park. So maybe there was some residue. But uh, something it, about the trees feeding yeah, on blood. Yeah, yeah the, psychic, the psychic said the trees here feed on blood. And then guess what? The whole time we were filming this, this documentary, there was something decaying under a tree. Yeah, the psychic to me was the creepiest part of the whole film. How do you think like, I felt? Yeah. Yeah. You had to, yeah. You had to disguise then, the voice. Yeah, she, yeah. she wanted to disguise the voice, and right. I could have gone two ways with it, just disguising it a little bit or just going really deep, and it sounded really creepy deep, so I was like, oh, I'll keep it. Yeah. 
Especially like the laughing with it and that. Yeah, time, she too. kept laughing at everything. Oh. Like and not as a funny part. <laughs> like like yeah. laughing. I was like, yeah. I'm like, do the trees like me? She's like, no, they like blood. And she's like cackling. Like, how's that funny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> yeah. creepy. It's unfortunate because during one part of uh, that interview, you can hear a child's voice under her talking. Yeah. But uh, with her voice disguised, it just wasn't yeah. audible. So I couldn't include it. But it was, it was as a behind-the-scenes note, uh, even when I was there just interviewing uh, the psychic, under under the psychic talk, and there's a child's voice. Wow. So. You had severe uh, battery drainage. Mm-hmm. Which is typical of a haunted location. Yeah, I thought that was. And then the interview with the family, they talked about red eyes and time loss. Yeah. Which time loss comes into the other areas that we've talked about on this show. That can be associated with. Um, a lot of times, they're like aliens, aliens or aliens or like fairy encounters. They're very similar in many aspects in terms of like that. Aren't fairies a bit similar to like elementals or? Yeah, it, yeah, elementals, fairies, all kind of the same. They're the basically the same thing. It's just a lot of different species, kind I mean, of. If you're gonna look for those, you go to the woods. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm thinking, like the lost time type of thing, yeah, come yeah. into and into effect. Definitely, and um, a different psychic, uh, who contacted us after, who didn't want any part of being on camera at all, so couldn't include this. Uh, she said that uh, what's there kind of looks like a daddy long leg spider that leaps between trees which is kind of similar to a story at another place we've investigated seven gables road that has um a story of like he described it as a flying squirrel just this big sprawling mass you know shape that jumps between the treetops so i don't know if that's something common with like elemental type of hauntings or something just something leaping between the treetops but i guess i guess that's a big report there as well i mean it always could be there's i don't know like all the different ones but there's like you know like with that type of lore there's so many different kinds and varieties right it's like animal you know it's really just like tons of species of animals there's tons of species of <laughs> of them too so it could Definitely. be or it could be the way that that psychics may be seeing it might not be its true form but that might be the form that they can see it at kind true. of a thing too true so this might not be a ghost. This, you know, as paranormal investigators, we run into other entities out there. And the question is whether this can be something evil. You know, this certainly goes to that side of the spectrum. Right. I mean, the psychic that I, I, I spoke with said, said, you know, there's a couple spirits there. You know, the people that were killed out there. But then there is something larger and it, it does it does appear to be something just you know negative so much negativity in one area like that's got to leave some sort of residue be it something demonic or just i mean you, you can feel it when you're there uh, and and that's that speaks to itself like uh, even if you didn't know any of the history or the lore which we didn't the first time we went we had no info at all except for the address and we walked out, and we could feel that negativity just emanating from the woods. You can feel it, and that's significant to me. And it could be a thing like Hell's Bridge, where there might not have been something there to begin with, but now there's so many people there that are doing animal sacrifices, yeah. and who knows who they're praying to, what kind of uh, gods they're praying to, that they've actually created. Invited something there. But this this park has a lot more of a backstory than... Yeah, where there's actually right. documented stuff that happened. That's a big difference between that and Hell's Bridge. Hell's Bridge, there's nothing documented to back up the right. story. Like a story just seems like that's a total myth, you know. Yeah, and like Hell's Bridge too is like people still go out there. Mm -hmm. This park, Rosevere. The amount of times I went out there during the day, at night, you know, getting shots for the documentary was so close. You know, I could just drive, and I. Uh, I, I used to work just across the street, so it was so convenient just on the way home to get a shot or two. Um, so we, we had a lot of sh uh, shoots spread out, uh, as opposed to, like, one day we were just went crazy all day. Didn't see anyone. One time when we went there on an investigation, we saw a drug deal happening there in the parking lot. But that was about it. 
no one no one goes out there we didn't see a single person oh yeah uh, besides that one drug deal and they were just in their car so and we we stayed away but um yeah we even set up a, a trail because we were hearing all these voices so we set up a trail cam and we love this trail cam it was the first week of spring and a full moon not a single person walked past it right a squirrel walked past it once and tripped it but that was about it but I think there is a possibility that they've created some kind of a tulpa. Maybe but maybe there was something there to begin with, but if not, they've created something there just the the way they they're doing there and they're putting that cross upside down. You you said you spend your weekends at graveyards, abandoned asylums, massacre sites, and then I'm I'm adding Haunted roads and urban legends. You've covered a lot of urban legends yeah. in your career. Yeah, yep. Well, you know, one of them was Hell's Bridge that we brought up. And you guys got up. You, Brandon, and Kim, our other co-hosts, got up from one of our shows and went out to Hell's Bridge. Yeah, I yeah. knowing we, we might have gone, I wear my Lucky Leprechaun socks. And, uh, yeah, I think those came in handy. Because uh, still the craziest part of those, we were just there investigating, and this couple just walks in with a little toddler. It's right. like... That that was the interest because like oh my friends or something like there's another kid over there on the other side of the bridge yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're like no there's not <laughs> yeah. because the story is that kids were killed there mm -hmm. so several of them so that's not something you're gonna bring your infant to your child to I wouldn't think well even if there wasn't ghosts this bridge is is not sturdy at all yeah it's about like I was worried that one more person on it. Yeah, I'm not sure collapsed. if it's collapsed. I've heard somebody say that it's collapsed, but I haven't oh, been able really? to verify that. It was it was pretty much ready a few years ago when I went. Like each time I go, the shore is more washed back from it, so it's yeah. there's not much. You have a bigger and bigger gap from the end of the bridge to to get to the other side. But so yeah, that sounds like a fun place to take your toddler. <laughs> right. Um, in yeah. The middle of the in the dark at night. Yeah. And the you know the dad took the toddler, put the toddler on his shoulders, and he was like. Walking across a bridge, all cocky and confident, think it have collapsed. Where's right. the toddler going? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've never been out there, but that's one of the urban legends that you covered. Mm -hmm. Ada Witch is another one. Mm -hmm. Now, Brandon, did you go out there? Did you bring any of our other friends out there with you to Ada when you're? I think it was just Brandon, but we met that family. I don't know what it is. Every time I investigate with Brandon, we pick up strays. So yeah. you went out to Ada Witch. So we ended up having some other people join us because yeah. we were at the one park, and then they're like, "Well, we know where the cemetery. We know where the spot is in the cemetery. I mean, that's another urban legend. There's no evidence that of the witchcraft or the love triangle type of thing, but that doesn't mean there's not activity there. But yeah, so that was so we ended up going back to the park with following behind them back to the back to the cemetery that day. So. Yeah, that's a couple of the local legends. Yeah. Or urban legends that are real popular in yeah. our area yeah yeah that that you guys have gone to together that's pretty cool but we also did the belding library oh yeah that's still one of my favorite investigations ever that was a good yeah. one and i think there's something out there i do too i thought i thought maybe it was residual energy at first just because it's it's made out of marble slate all those things that absorb residual energy and store them that we were going to run into some residual historical haunting, I like to call it. But then there was a 100-year time capsule that they yeah. had hidden in the building. We didn't know about the first time we were there. Yeah, and then when we went, because they kept saying that like, uh, things get knocked off countertops, um, and they'll like maybe set a pen down and it gets thrown off. So we had an idea to just go around the building in front of every camera, put a, a marker, you know, up on on top of a countertop and see if it gets knocked down. So we went into this one room and we saw a little plaque. So we said, hey, it's okay if you put the mark on this plaque. And she goes, that's not a plaque, that's a time capsule. And we're like, oh, okay. And she's like, we just took it out. It's been 100 years. And we just sealed it back up because it's going back in the ground tomorrow. And we're like, oh, that's significant. Yeah. And she's like, here, let me unscrew it for you. Like, no, no, you don't have to. She's like, no, no, it takes two seconds. So she unscrewed it for us. And we were able to photograph it. And, uh, you were know. you able to handle any of that stuff? Um, you had some old coins? No. Some she, she, she didn't let us handle it, but she still took silk, it up. Yeah, there's a lot of silk from the old silk mill. But still, I think we were the last people to see it. Because, you know, the next morning, you know, she sealed it back up in front of us and put, put it back on the ground. 
as soon as she took the stuff out of the time capsule, that's when all the activity just flurried, you know, there was, we were already picking up some stuff, and then after the time capsule, it was this whole different ball game. Yeah, I had, you heard stuff, you had pressure in the chest, you had camera shut off, you had cold spots, you had a loud breath, you had a woman talking, yeah, Isabel. I can, I can count on one hand the amount of disembodied voices I've heard. Actually, I I can count like three times maybe, three, uh, over hundreds of investigations. And this was the first time we heard a disembodied female voice coming from the same room we were in. And the only other female was the, the librarian who was there walking us around. She was behind us. And we look at her and she's like, that wasn't me. <laughs> we, we all just kind of like made eye contact. It was really strange. This is the Alva and Belding Library in Belding, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then, Brandon, we had we had a Class A EVP that you could hear. Well, that was audible, so it's it was something that they could hear in the room. Unfortunately, me and Wayne were downstairs at the time, and the rest of them were up on the main floor. And they were divided into two groups in different different corners of the library. And they could hear, like, somebody whistling. And it went from, like, one part of the library to, like, the other part of the library. And you could pick it up on the recorders because you can even hear it, like, on the recorders in one corner and the, re- oh, wow. the recorder on the other. And you hear it loud at one and get quieter and the other one from quieter to louder. So you can actually, we could actually track the path, you know, of, of like, where it, where the spirit was going in the building. <laughs> and they could hear it audibly when they were there, but it was none of them. Whether that was Mr. Belding, because the deal was he donated this beautiful library but the city had to maintain the building in like beauty and form as a library for all time so he created this unfinished business contract so whether he's there you know making sure that they're following what he mandated or not whether he is the guy whistling but the story there is it's a little girl that people have heard this little girl's voice and I got one of my best EVPs, its creepiest ones, said, Mommy, I'm scared. Oh, that, wow. That I recorded with no equipment just as we were packing up. And so I kind of fell in line with the little girl stories there. So Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, that was a great urban legend, right? Uh, some of the other places you've been to, Urban Legends, did you go out to um, uh, the museum, the old Allegan County Jail Museum? Have you been no, there? No, I haven't been there yet. Um, we've been to several museums, just that's not one we, we've uh, ventured out to yet. I mean, we've done some stuff in Kalamazoo area, like Henderson Castle and the cemetery okay. across the street from there. Um, yeah, sometimes we should look into because I want to get back into the end of the yeah. there. So maybe we try to run it out together and definitely. I, I know that's really cool. I've, you're I've, you're at the mill with us. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that was quite quite a time. <laughs> yeah, is that where they had that scrying mirror? That yeah, mirror? that that was yeah. Greg and Dane is one that they made at the Hensdale House. It wasn't a piece that was. It's at that location. It was something they brought with with their traveling museum. Is that where they did the paintings? For you, that uh, um, I did not get one there. Um, oh, okay. I think he was there before, like when some of my other old team members were there. I think they may have gotten painting this there, but he wasn't there when the times that I've went there. I don't know if you've seen that. They, they guy does these paintings, and it's like, uh, no, it'll be like spirits in really <laughs> that are yeah. attached to you or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's like, wow, like Brian Danhausen, he does like spirit paintings. So he doesn't ask you any questions. He does the painting, and then he goes and he tells you what, um, what that painting means. And like one of the ones that I had was like, he like nailed it like right on with an experience I had with somebody that I knew that passed on that I had to help them cross over, and like he nailed that perfectly. Yeah, and that's something that cool. I don't share with people, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Now I built you as the king of the haunted road. Hey, it's Afterlife Road. <laughs> I, I, love right. a good, I love a good roadside urban legend like those that goes back to like Rosevere you know places you can just you're just driving you can just pull over the side of the road get out of the car and have something happen like that that's super cool yeah you were one of the first ones that we had on the show where we started talking about roads being haunted and then I, when I started researching it after that I'm like there are several yeah in Michigan I mean if you're gonna 
get in a car accident, where are you going to get in a car accident? The amount of people that die on roads. Now, one of the things that kept coming up with the roads and other locations, cemeteries, is this lady in white. Yeah. Yep. And then the hitchhiker ghosts. And it's always around a bend, too. You know, most roadside legends is like where the bend is, which is probably like where most cars go off the off road. Off the road. That, yeah. that or a bridge. A yeah. Bridge is always or a, a big bridge, one, yep. too. Or, or a bridge along a bend. Yeah. <laughs> so, or or stretch, like the amount of times a road is haunted, and we go to the stretch of the road that's haunted, and there's a cemetery right there. It's like, okay, is it the road that's haunted, or is the cemetery so haunted, you know, It's leaking just... out into the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's like, those those are the three common things. The bridges, the bends, and the cemeteries. Yeah. You, I had Seven Gables Road. You heard the scream. That means certain death. I don't know if it's at a certain time, or... Uh, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still waiting. If you're the last one over the fence or something. We, we are to scream at Seven Gables, and I'm, I'm the, the clock is still ticking and, and when that's going to happen. So I guess whenever I pass, that's that's how long it is. Um, the cycle. So ho- hopefully it's not uh, short. It's one of those prophecies that's always true, because if yes, whatever yeah. happens, you're going to die yeah, eventually. Yeah, so <laughs> I, yeah it's going to come true, yeah. but how far away is it? Uh, we, we don't know. Blood Road. Just the name. It's enough right there. Yeah. Blood Road is yes. one that you went to. Well, that was actually named after a real person. Like, the dude's, like, one of the founding people of the town, his name was Blood. So, I guess, like, if you have a last name Blood, yeah, it's really cool to name a road after you, so it's Blood Road. But, oh, of, course, of course, it's going to be haunted then. So. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Yeah. These stories are compelling. Yeah. When you get, because these people, they sound like, this, this thing really happened. I think you could put them on a lie detector test and they would pass. Yeah. Yeah, they believe what they saw. And apparently you've had maybe some extraterrestrial and maybe some Bigfoot references too, not just ghosts in your career. Yeah, Seven Gables Road is like, it has everything. Uh, it has extraterrestrial reports, it has spear reports. And one of the uh, most famous Bigfoot sightings in mid-Michigan uh, was in Dansville right across the street from Seven Gables Road. There's in the book Weird Michigan, there's photographs of this Bigfoot in Dansville, the city where Seven Gables Road is. You know, it's it's one of the few Bigfoot reports in that book. And it was just right across the, the road. Um so you know, we were thinking Seven Gables Road goes into these big woods, just miles and miles of unexplored territory. So if there is a Bigfoot in town, there's no direct reports of it being in Seven Gables Road, but if there is a Bigfoot, where would it go hide? Probably those woods back there. Right. So we did go back there to. We didn't find a Bigfoot, but um, we also haven't really caught many ghosts there either. So who knows? That's um, cool that you had an open mind about other things other right. than ghosts, and that's what Brandon wanted to get into when he started. Uh, Jose uh, is uh, Kent County Paranormal yeah. is because I was just ghost hunting. You know, I grew up with ghost hunting, but. Maybe the biggest thing as far as urban legends might have been the you did a capstone documentary mm-hmm. on Bath Cemetery. Yes. I mean, going full that's that's the place where the spirit mapper was taking us. To Bath? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so But so the story behind Bath, if you want to fill in Yeah, like Bath and uh, um the museum in town just got a big uh grant, I guess, to expand their museum and make it bigger so and recently just made it so it's open to the to the public to the, the bath museum which is great because that was a big focus of the the documentary that i did the capstone but in the 20s there's uh still holds today it's the biggest loss of life disaster ever to take place at a school i mean 38 grade school kids yep. six adults yeah 58 people injured yeah you the, see all the shootings these days still this was the biggest. Um, a, a member of the school board uh, put a bomb under the school and detonated it. Um, and uh, apparently the whole thing didn't go off. If the whole thing went off, experts say the entire town would have imploded. Oh, yeah. And the whole town would be history. But only a piece of the bomb went off, uh, which was still enough to, for the whole school to explode. Yeah, and, five to 600 pounds of dynamite yep. did not explode. And, uh, yeah, and then he, he detonated another, another bomb at his farm, killing his wife and his horses. So, Tragic story. Yeah, yeah, it, no. was, it was 
Well, then there was another one, too, because he was in his vehicle, and he called somebody up to him. I can't remember if it was the school board president yeah, or I the think principal. Yeah, I think it was the president. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he page up, and then he blew that up, and that killed, like, another kid, I think, too, and injured, yeah. injured the uh, other guy. Killed himself, and then... Yeah, and then he killed and himself. Explosion. Yeah, and, the, and that explosion, because he was in the vehicle, and then I think the president got injured, but I don't believe he didn't die, if, but I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Now, in some of your films, you know, you have the Ouija bar, and you guys are screaming and getting frightened and running and i was right there with you but at this location at bath you did it you you kind of toned it down and 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 you had me about crying with you you're at the uh, monument is is it uh yeah so that um when the school exploded the cupola of the school is the only thing that survived so they had the cupola just there at the side of the old school and i guess that's where the museum the museum is just kind of like a small area in the new school they built across the street. And I guess the museum just got money to um, expand to that spot where the cupola is to make, you know, a better infrastructure around the cupola to preserve it, to, to help it and make a bigger museum there. Um, and like I said about tone, like, we don't dictate the tone. We show up and the location dictates the tone. So we'll have crazy, intense, scary investigations, which, you know... Those, those aren't my favorite. Like, I'd much prefer to go have, you know, a tame, calm, normal investigation. Normal. Uh, as normal as I can get in the paranormal. But yeah. um, sometimes it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, intense fear. Okay, that's this place. And intense sadness is the other place. Like, the amount of times I was at Bath just by myself or with just one other person, you know, filming the Capstone dock uh, during the day. Like, you can feel the sadness there. Yeah. So it's... It's just a sad place. I felt it in your tone, the sadness, the, the seriousness, the respect. And yeah, that, that was great. Now, we have a friend, Kat Tetson, who has an EVP from Bath, where they ask, who was your favorite teacher? And they're not using any equipment either. And you hear this little girl, like a little girl's voice answer back, you know, Mrs. So-and-so. And they looked it up, and sure enough, that was teacher yeah so i don't know i don't know if seeing is believing or maybe hearing can believe yeah i mean be believing we had a very similar story at bath uh one of the clearest voices we've ever gotten said my name is herman okay and we looked over on the monument they have there and uh well to backtrack too it said my name is herman and then Ryan said he saw something. So it's like, oh, are you what I saw? And, and then it said on Spirit Box, that was my brother. So we go over to the monument, and there, there is. There's a pair of twins, uh, Herman and Henry. So yeah. there is a Herman, and he has a brother, Henry. So we go over to pay our respects off camera at the cemetery they're buried at. I looked it up on Find the Grave. If things line up so yeah. often. Yeah. The synchronicity. We, they, uh, the only victims out of the entire bombing that had the wrong death date on their headstone. All right. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. saying that. So what are the odds of that? That A, the name lines up. The fact that he had a brother lines up. And out of all the 38, you know, 30 some odd kids that died, there's the only two there. Yeah. They need to correct it's, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. We need to get into the end of the show. And that's uh, yeah. shout outs. Our, we always do a shout out to our last guest, and that was Allie and Darren Dykhouse. I think you know them. Yeah, well. they're great. They're great. Yeah, yeah. Lakeshore Paranormal, and then her new thing is uh, Sweepy Four Leaf Clover. Well, they love that Devil's Playground. This, he, this place he is the, he's the king crazy. of the cemeteries. Darren yeah. is right. And then I do a shout out to my wife. You know, she's uh, hasn't had a seizure now in over six months, so that's why I, I came back after a three month hiatus uh shout out to our tech guy tyler and uh kelly uh she does she puts our show on on tv on comcast channel 25 in uverse you can see us on monday nights 11 p.m and then saturday nights 12 30 a.m or it's sunday morning so shout out to those guys and then our uh, kim colleen she couldn't make it and then we have another tanya She's in Ohio. Yeah. she's She does Zooming with Brandon. And then upcoming, you got any upcoming stuff? 
Um, I was just at before this. There, I guess there's a cemetery like 15 minutes away. It has a glowing headstone. Byron Center. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah, so I went out there, uh, filmed a little bit there. So, yeah, I got a video on that coming out soon, I guess. Okay, cool. I've investigated there a few times. Yeah, upcoming for you, Brandon? I really don't have anything coming up, uh, <laughs> at least at the moment. Yeah, we got a show that we hope is in the works. It's a retired meteorologist, Jack Bouchon. He's the guy who, in March 8th, 1994, reported the UFOs. He was, he was a meteorologist at the time. And then, of course, he did a lot. Of, he got ridiculed because the government wouldn't stand by it. Now, they've come forward, and he's been vindicated after all these years. And he, yeah, yeah, in that case, it was the police were getting a lot of reports. One of the police officers saw it, so I think then they went to the weather, like, are you picking this up on radar? And they, like he was seeing it on the radar. So did you see the film? Cause he's yeah, got, I seen the Unsolved Mysteries. It was a really, it was a really good episode. Yeah, he got Netflix Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. It's uh, season three, episode two. You, yeah. you saw that? Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. And then he's supposed to be on the show. He's coming from Atlanta, Georgia, to oh, be wow. on the show. And then we're gonna have uh, Bill Konkaleski come over because he he heads up Mufon. Mm-hmm. So and he's on there. As well on that that episode, uh, talking about UFO cases. Right, in this so year. he wanted to be on that show, yeah. so we're going to have him come and co-host. So that, we're looking forward to that. It's, it's called Something in the Sky. That's what that's what the uh, YouTube, uh, or the Unsolved Mysteries Netflix is called, Something in the Sky. And then with me, my ongoing project has been the 988 new three-digit suicide hotline. I've been promoting that. I called it last night to see if it was effective here in Michigan. I don't know if it's so much the state as your phone carrier, but it's supposed to be in effect nationwide as of July. So you have to don't take it for granted that it will get through. But if it does and you're a vet, once you get dial 988, you dial 1 because we lose a vet. Every 65 minutes we lose an American veteran. So, and then LBGT is also another big group that we lose a lot of people from, those young kids dealing with their sexuality. And uh, so if you, if you go 988 and then dial 3, they've got a special place for uh, you to go for that. Final thought, the poem Invictus by William Ernest Henley says, at the end, it says, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. You think, Brandon, you believe that? You are the one that's driving the ship here? I'd say <laughs> I'd say it's kind of a blend because a lot of the stuff in your life is really out of your control. You have a certain say, say in it, so it's kind of more of a 50-50 some of it's in your control, and a lot of stuff isn't in your control. Okay. So that, that's what I would say on that. Now, okay, Ben Goldman, are you driving the ship? Hey, I I, I, I think Brennan had a good answer. Maybe more 60-40, but still definitely. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not 100% either way, I don't think. Yeah, I kinda, I'm agreeing with you guys. I think some of this is mandated or is kind of laid out for you, kind of a general outline, and then you can work within that outline but you have choices that you can make on your own so it's not necessarily written in the stars your destiny you can control that and i I think you could do that with a lot of bad decisions maybe in your life but yeah i I agree with you guys on that it's not all predestined i don't think you're going to have some choices to make that are your own definitely every day inspirational thought i always try to make that uh relate to the guest Mm -hmm. and for you i've i've used quotes from people like um einstein when you used to have the big fro yeah you're all you always pick geniuses yeah and uh (laughs) yeah uh who else uh uh the guy who does all the cartoons um walt disney i can i got a quote from walt because i think you're you're along that genius line here's the quote and then see if you can figure out where it may have come from it doesn't matter if you do 10 stupid things as long as you do one smart one any idea where that came from i don't know that's relatable though (laughs) yeah i mean you're doing some you've done a lot of smart things i don't know how many stupid ones you've done 10 10 for every one thing you think i do was smart 
this this uh, movie you did is real smart. I like that. That was uh, from Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, okay. That's what he told Elvis. So I guess I would be Colonel Tom Parker and you'd be Elvis. You know, the colonel got like 50% of the... Uh, Elvis's. I think yeah, yeah. He, I think he might have gotten more it's than reality, that. So maybe like, maybe we we'll have to like, redefine this relationship we have. Then <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like Elvis did not get a good deal. An agent should be like a, like ten percent or like like less. So like, when you make it big, hosed. Ben Goldman, remember? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll remember this. Remember Brandon and I, will you? <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay, now that's a show. Uh, another great show. Thanks a lot, Ben Goldman from Afterlife Road productions yeah, that's right that's right uh you can find afterlife road productions.com that's the website afterlife road productions.com there you go that's all the stuff right there so brandon jose they can find you jose paranormal history uh youtube channel you can also find me on facebook um as well under the same name so you might find me back in the studio maybe one, once or twice more peace thought- out well, I thought it was funny because, like, the couple episodes, you're like, "This is my last show," and then, like, the like in like that next week, like, "These are the next two shows I booked. I'm gonna do." And I was like, "Like two days ago, you said it was your last show." Was <laughs> well, if we got more people that want to come to the studio, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, Zooming's but, a little uh, bit trickier. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't do the Zoom, but Brandon's gonna do some more Zoom mm-hmm. shows. So, look for Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters. We're out there. Mm-hmm. Take care. This episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.